Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Ed Tea. This is Rhonda Blunton coming to you with a special message about school safety. As a disclaimer, let me first say that this topic may be highly emotional and psychologically pressing. If you are someone who has been a victim of a school-related safety crime, I would highly encourage and caution you to use your own discretion as you proceed to listen to the content of this footage. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I'd like to encourage you to listen to the first three episodes of this series to fully understand how the topics link to the contributing factors behind the teacher shortage. And now I'll jump right into the topic, school safety. A school's primary obligation with regards to school safety is to ensure that students are physically secure and safe, and to also ensure that they are free of harm or danger. Now, generally, this role is given to an administrator or principal on the admin team, and their primary responsibility is to discuss the safety plan with the staff and to also ensure that it is followed during monthly drills to avoid circumstances that could potentially result in danger or lost lives. So I'd like to play a short news clip of a recent school shooting to evaluate the culprits that many teachers fear. Please tune in to the footage. systemic failures and what its authors call egregious poor decision making. We now know nearly 400 officers responded to the shooting. The report concludes that law enforcement failed to prioritize saving the lives of innocent victims over their own safety. Officials say that police never set up a command post and that avoidant leadership could have contributed to the loss of life because of the delay in action to take the gunman down. But it's not definitive about if lives would have been saved with a faster response. Victims' families are now reacting to that report. One girl's grandfather says Texas law enforcement and the Texas government failed the students. We have team coverage tonight on that 77-page report that details the 77 minutes before police finally confronted the shooter. ABC's Maria Villarreal, who's been with this story from the start, leads us off from Uvalde. Tonight, a scathing new report revealing disturbing details surrounding the Uvalde school shooting. A Texas House Special Committee finding a series of systematic failures on every level, playing out on the day the gunman opened fire inside Robb Elementary, killing 19 children and two teachers. The 77-page preliminary report revealing that 376 law enforcement officers responded to the scene, the majority from federal and state agencies stating law enforcement responders failed to adhere to their active shooter training and they failed to prioritize saving the lives of innocent victims over their own safety. Surveillance video inside Robb Elementary capturing the 77-minute attack. The shooter walking inside, accessing room 111 through a door with a lock that had been broken for months. According to the report, the majority of the 142 total rounds fired inside the building occurred before any first responders even entered, including approximately two and a half minutes during which the attacker is estimated to have fired over 100 rounds. Law enforcement positioning themselves outside the classroom, but the committee pointing out police never set up a command post, contributing to a breakdown in communication between federal, state, and local officers. School District Police Chief Pete Aradondo testified within minutes of entering the building, they treated the shooter as a barricaded suspect, prioritizing getting children evacuated over approaching the attacker. My thought was, we're a barrier, get these kids out. At 12.52 officers breaching the room, 
the committee stating, given the information known about the victims who survived through the time of the breach and who later died on the way to the hospital, it is plausible that some victims could have survived if they had not had to wait 73 additional minutes for rescue. The report also examined school safety measures that failed, saying Robb Elementary was inadequately prepared for an active shooter. The school's alert system, Raptor, delayed due to Wi-Fi issues. And no one had locked any of the three exterior doors to the school's west building, giving the shooter unimpeded access. Had school personnel locked the doors as the school's policy required, that could have slowed the progress for a few precious minutes. A possible motive also revealed in the report the shooter was a former student of Robb Elementary School and actually attended fourth grade inside room 111. His former teacher testified he was bullied that year. The committee concluding the 18-year-old had no prior experience with firearms and May 24th was likely the first time he fired a gun. Several officers in the hallway or in that building knew or should have known there was dying in that classroom. So now that we've heard the footage, I just want to quickly discuss the string of systematic failures that led to the death of 19 children and two teachers. So allow me to quickly analyze and discuss a few things that are truly concerning. Problem number one. First and foremost, there were three exterior doors unlocked. And the door that the suspect entered the school through had a broken lock. The doors weren't secure. And this is something that should have been taken care of on an administrative level. There should have been someone on the admin team to ensure that all doors were locked and functioning and not out of commission. Problem number two. There was no evidence of a safety plan whatsoever. It just seemed as though no one at the school knew what to do other than call the police. Another problem is that even when law enforcement arrived, they failed to adhere to their active shooter training. And according to the details of the footage, they were just waiting and stalling. And really more focused on evacuation than the active shooter out of fear for their own lives. So here's the thing with the suspects of many of these school shootings. They are generally individuals who are either dealing with severe mental health issues or they are socially isolated due to a lack of social connections and really they have nowhere to turn. So for the most part, they are males, which adds another layer to this topic because it proves that there's a misunderstanding about the mental and emotional makeup of a specific group of males. So I just want to quickly reference a book that I recently read as part of a book study in my role as a teacher. So there's a book called Emotional Poverty in All Demographics by Ruby Payne that explains the emotional baggage that people carry around with them on a daily basis. 
that many people know nothing about. And she explains the emotional classroom dance in chapter six of the book and goes into great detail about the importance of comprehending what we carry around with us in our hearts and minds and how it affects our everyday decision-making and how we prioritize our focus. So there's something that I want to point out before I make any concluding remarks. Statistically, 85% of a school student body is generally safe and would take the proper steps to alleviate violent acts or unwanted behavior. However, on average, about 10 to 15% of a school student body will challenge authority and law enforcement and may pose a serious threat to all stakeholders. So for clarification, I just wanna quickly paint a picture here for you. If you had a barrel of 100 apples and 10 were rotten, the 10 out of 100 would pose a serious threat or danger to others. Allow me to make a few concluding remarks about the overall safety structure of schools and their partnership with law enforcement. A, does having a safety plan in place alleviate or reduce dangerous situations if not followed? And B, do you trust the people appointed or placed into safety roles to do their job and uphold high moral standards? I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the fourth episode in this series, and I look forward to you joining me again in the next episode where I will discuss the final and last reason as to why teachers are leaving the field of education, a lack of parental support. Please follow me on your favorite podcast network or more specifically Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and YouTube as I explore other enlightening and controversial topics in the world of education. I can't wait to meet you there to spill the tea.